Welcome to day two of rehab. I have some quick things I want to get out the way first before we dive into day two. The first thing I want to get off my chest is a big thank you to everyone who wrote to me, who listened to day one, who enjoyed it, gave me some feedback, who are listening now. Makes me feel so good. I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And please consider leaving me a review. That's how my show will grow. And like my good friend Solomon says, if you're not going to rate it a five, just don't do it. Skip the fucking review. I don't need to know if you hate my show. Just don't listen to it. <laughs> and the second thing I want to bring up is a post I shared um, about By Latin Man being nominated for an award. And the reason I posted it was because a lot of people sent me the post asking me why I was not included in this nomination. And I just want to say I'm as confused as you guys, which is why I shared the post. Um, they definitely were nominated for the seasons I was featured on the show. I mean, it was just recently I left the show, so they're not nominated for the three episodes they did by themselves. So it's a little confusing as to why I wasn't in that nomination. But you know what? Petty will be petty, right? I mean, on this show, we learn to forgive as episode one says, so I'm just going to forgive that, you know, but it's kind of like Beyonce would still be nominated for Destiny's Child, wouldn't she? Yeah, she would. But anyways, let's jump into day two of rehab, which is going to be about relationships. Now, if you followed me for a while, you know relationships are definitely something I have had my own struggles with, but only in the romantic sense, because I excel in other kind of relationships. So for this episode, I brought on a friend of mine who I feel has such great insight in different types of relationships. And we talk about when is the right time to get into a relationship? What kind of relationship is right for you? Breaking what you were taught growing up and challenging those thoughts and maybe expanding your horizons as to what you what you didn't think you would be into. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many different types of relationships and models, and I think we're taught to be scared of those. And with this conversation, I actually unraveled some things about myself. I unpacked some things about myself. My friend definitely opened my eyes to some things that I didn't quite realize about myself before. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy day two and learn a lot. And without further ado, let's jump into day two, relationships. So for this topic, I am bringing in someone who I would consider an expert because clearly I am not. So in order to give the best possible advice or solutions or perspectives, I brought in someone who is a good friend of mine who I met at Train With Pride, which is a physical, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. It's a boot camp. Yes, it's a boot camp that my friend Louis. <laughs> Shout out to Luis. Luis. I refuse to call him Luis. Luis. My friend Luis, he <laughs> he runs it. He's a personal trainer, and that's how I met Nick. Say hi, Nick. Hi, everyone. I am Nick Gomez, friend of Angel, and here to hopefully offer, offer any insight from my experiences along with yours. Yeah. So the reason I brought you on for this particular episode is because I remember I came to you for advice about potentially entering a relationship that was open mm -hmm. I and i had never considered being in an open relationship before that 
I was always very like, I'm gonna have a boyfriend, it's gonna be one-on-one, it's gonna be traditional, it's gonna be like what you're kind of taught it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And until I met you, that's how I kind of always thought. Mm-hmm. But then you completely came into my world and turned it upside down and ruined it. <laughs> Hopefully not no, ruined kidding. it. No, Hopefully not kidding. ruined it. Didn't ruin it, but definitely added some color to it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think we forget sometimes that the things that we believe about relationships, a good, a good amount of those things have been handed to us, either by our families, by our upbringing, by our culture, uh, and by... The media that we consume, fairy tale stories as kids, etc. And you formulate these ideas about relationships that aren't necessarily yours. And I think we forget to ask ourselves as adults, is, does this actually fit with who I am? And mm. does what I believe about relationships actually serve the person that I want to be in the world versus just operating on autopilot? And what I remember that conversation when you came to me, and I think just what I appreciated the most is that you were open to questioning it. It's, it's not a matter of, of what's right or wrong because everyone gets to decide for themselves what works for them, but I appreciated that you at least were open to questioning it and redefining it for yourself. Yes, and another thing I want to say about kind of what we're taught and like that model of relationship where it's like monogamous and always going to be that way, just you and your partner, is how, it, how it's realistically attainable it is. I'm not saying it's not like it's not realistic, but I found like just from people I know in those type of relationships, mm-hmm. they end up being either unhappy or cheated on or in my case, it's just really hard to lock that type of relationship down. And the way it's marketed, you would think it's so much easier to get like you, you think it's like kind of like the default, right? I think of that kind of relationship as the default. That's normally what people want. That's normally what people go for. Yes, but people are afraid to consciously and deliberately build it. And, and I'm talking about relationships in general, whether it's monogamous or open or whatever it is. A relationship has to be consciously, deliberately, purposefully built. A relationship is not a given. And you have to do the work for whatever choice you make, open, monogamous, polyamorous, whatever it might be. You still have to build that relationship to suit what it is that you want, what it is that your partner wants individually, and then also what you want together. When I tell people that I'm in an open relationship, a lot of the times people will say, the first thing people say to me is, oh, that's great. Yeah, I could never do that. Yes. And, and, but, but this is that was thing. my response. Yes, but this is That was thing. literally... My first response, I think that's exactly what yes. I said. I was like, that's great. I was like, I could never do that. But, but I, I, I think that's so interesting that people's response to I, me, not right, you. Right. I am in an open relationship. It's almost like a, a defensive mechanism kicks in. It's like, oh, well, I could never do that. Or that's not for me. Well, no one is asking, asking you, you to right. do that, right? But we're already We're programmed to a, like reject that idea. We're programmed to reject that idea. And I would like to say that there are a lot of people who are in very successful Mm-hmm. non-monogamous relationships who find those relationships very fulfilling who find those relationships expansive and loving but any relationship monogamous or not is requires work mm-hmm. and 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 every relationship encounters difficulties that you have to sort out how are you going to resolve those difficulties 
And that has nothing to do with whether you're monogamous or open. It's all about, ultimately, what do you believe about a relationship and how do you want to build one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what, though? I, I say this. I When you first told me about like your relationship, mm-hmm. and I did reject the idea almost in, like instantly, I started to reflect on like my date. Because my dating life, I consider to be... In one sense, very unlucky, but then, okay, wait, I considered it unlucky because of the way I was looking at it at first, Mm -hmm. and then after, like, you kind of expanded my mind, I actually consider my dating life to be very fulfilling because I've dated so successfully who I've, like, I've always gotten, like, who I wanted, Mm -hmm. even though I didn't get, like, the long-term relationship out of it, Mm -hmm. I did get like almost every guy I pursued. So that's kind of lucky in a way. Yeah. What hasn't been lucky or hasn't worked out was just landing the relationship itself. But now that I look at it, I'm thinking the reason the relationships haven't worked out was because I was trying the wrong model for me. I always thought like I had to do like the, like that one-on-one monogamous, like this is it. And then I've, I've realized anytime I've gotten close to being like very serious with someone, there's a part of me that kind of like self-sabotages it because it's not what you actually want because it's like deep down there's like this fear that i'm letting something go that i want yes i feel in in conversations that i have with people a lot about relationships it seems like many of us and i've done this in the past many of us come to the table when we begin a relationship with a fully formed idea of what believe what we believe that relationship should be and so you try to take yourself and this other individual and try to mold them into your idea your your predetermined idea of what the relationship should be should look like versus the the realization that you are an autonomous person a human being who is complicated flawed and sometimes messy your partner is also speak for yourself your partner is also in their way (laughs) by nature of just being human and then starting with a clean slate and asking each other as partners, how do we want to build this relationship? What does a relationship for us look like? Yeah. What does, how do you define love? How do you feel loved? When do you not feel loved? Do you believe in monogamy or in an open relationship? If you believe in monogamy, have you been successfully monogamous? That's, see, that's the question I had to all answer these, for myself. So, so all of these questions actually allows you to understand who your partner is, who you are, and then you get to realize, okay, I really like this person, but maybe we see certain things differently, certain definitions of love or whatever differently. So now comes the part of a relationship where essentially it's a negotiation, right? How do we both get what we want and move forward together because we are two people? By the way... I am someone who firmly, you know, I'm not, I don't define love the way the Spice Girls do, right? To become one. That's not my gig. Two becomes one. That is not me. I am a one and one makes two. I am an individual. My partner is an individual. Together, we're trying to figure out our partnership together. I don't believe that we're... Parallel. Yes, parallel. But he is an individual, an autonomous person that gets to decide for himself, as am I. And periodically, we ask each other, do you still want to do this? (laughs) <laughs> and that's healthy and what part of this should we reevaluate change renegotiate that might no longer work because you're going because I'm going or because I simply believe different things than I did before that's 
kind of another point, right? Is that as a relationship progresses, you evolve as a person and you have to allow your partner the space to change their mind about things that they used to believe that maybe they don't anymore. Because you keep growing. And you keep growing. And so going back to those those questions, you know, that you ask your partner of like, how do they define certain things that both of you hold valuable? And how then do you create a partnership? You know, I think the scary part is for me. Rude. Are they fucking serious? <laughs> like, does anything else want? Like, does a fucking helicopter want to land? New York City. I mean, it's New York City. Yeah, true. You know what I find... I guess like, but how's, how do I say it? You know what's intimidating about it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so like, I've already like discovered that probably like a monogamous relationship isn't the route I want to go in. Mm-hmm. However, I think that is so subject to change still, depending on how much I love someone. Only because it sounds, I always think of it from my own perspective in an open relationship, right? So like in an open relationship, I'm like, okay, I could be open to kind of, I shouldn't even say open relationship, though, because I don't think that's what I'm getting at. Non-monogamous? Sure. Not, well, <laughs> yeah. Should I say, it's just polyamorous, wouldn't it? Well, it depends. So I guess let's let's talk about that, right? Monogamous relationship means two partners who are uh, sexually closed, meaning they only have sex with each other. They don't have other intimate or sexual relationships with other people. You have an open relationship, a sexually open relationship, in which the partners can engage uh, in sex with other people outside of the relationship, oftentimes though not intimate relationships or other partnerships. And then you have polyamory, which allows for multiple intimate relationships and multiple partners, either as the, as the two partners together with multiple people or individually with multiple people. Mm. So there's, there's a lot of ways to have different relationships and you get to choose what yours is. And so back to what you were saying. Yeah, so what intimidates me mm-hmm. is that from my perspective, I think sexually open, I'd be okay with. Mm-hmm. I can share I can share the person physically. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could share the, po- the person emotionally, but I, I think the intimidating part is that even if you're just sharing them physically, there's that chance that that could evolve. And that's a huge risk. It is a huge risk, but we're lying to ourselves if we think monogamy somehow gets rid of that risk. That's true. How many, you know, people meet a coworker and there's no sex happening, there's nothing, but because they see each other on a daily basis, a relationship then involves outside of their marriage at home or whatever. So this this myth that somehow monogamy um, protects us from the possibility of temptation of another person is total bullshit. True. It's total bullshit. It really comes down to, I think, people having integrity and being honest. You, I remember when, when, when I had my first open relationship, it was a revelation to me when I realized that I wanted to be sexually open, but I did not want my partner to be. That's another one. And then I had to, when I when I realized that, and I had to verbally say that to my partner, one of the things that I learned... <laughs> I want to fuck everyone, but you can But can't. I don't want you to. And listen, I, <laughs> I, mean, I listen, understand... Who the fuck doesn't want that? <laughs> right, right. But we, we will often... That's having your cake and eating it too. We will often withhold sharing those kinds of things because we judge them as being 
um, not rational, illogical, whatever. Like, why would well, I? Well, I don't think that's rational, though. Sure, but human beings aren't rational. No, but I mean, like, our feelings sometimes I mean, are not it, rational. Is it honest? Yes, but would I expect someone to agree to that? No. But so this is this is where where we we skip a step, right? In the sharing of the feelings, the thoughts, the ideas that you think are illogical, irrational, crazy, whatever, in the sharing of that with your partner, you get to then discuss it, right? Yeah. Just because I said, I want to be sexually open, but I don't want you to, isn't a declaration. It's me putting something on the table that says, yo, these are the thoughts and feelings that I'm having, Yeah. right? As partners, let's discuss this. And what my partner, the beautiful gift that, this is my, my, one of my first relationships, what my ex-partner did so well is that he opened up the space for us to have that conversation and he asked me questions so that we could dig into well what what it, what is that thought actually about yeah what was it about possessiveness you were possessive it was about possessiveness are you still um i will say so i'd skew more jealous as a person my personality skews more jealous and built into jealousy is this idea of possessiveness and it's something that I'm actively trying to deconstruct within myself. This idea that your partner belongs to you. There are some people who are very much into that idea. I'm not one of those people. I actually think it's incredibly harmful. Um, and so it is something that I am trying to deconstruct because it is part of my wiring. Part of my, my core belief about relationships that I grew up with is that yes, your partner belongs to you, but I don't I don't want to belong to someone. I want my partner to belong to me emotionally. Like, I want I want that exclusively. That's what I mean when I say that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to share that. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with sharing my partner physically if I don't see it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know... I, I can't... Like, I'm not one of those that wants to watch it happen. Like, I'm not into that. Yeah. That might... I'm a super... I'm a high, highly, highly, highly jealous person. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm talking about... That's probably been one of my biggest issues in anyone I've ever dated. Yeah. With anyone I've ever dated was I get super, super jealous. I just... Like, I'm, toxic jealous. And I, listen, I get it. I totally get it because I've been there. But I, what I have found much more rewarding for me is... And, and how I experience love more fully is when I have a partner who chooses to be with me because they simply choose to do so. Not because we have ingrained beliefs of ownership built into the framework of what our relationship is, right? Where you default to that mentality of like, well, I belong to him or he belongs to me. I actually love, I want a partner that feels completely free out in the world, is completely themselves and makes the choice to be with me mm-hmm. and to be, you know, if they choose to do so emotionally exclusive with me, sexually exclusive, whatever the case might be, I feel much more loved when it comes from a place of choice for my partner versus an idea of ownership. Another another part of the idea of polyamory that I grapple with is I have this, how do I say, like a, a idea mm-hmm. that you're always gonna have a number one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, even if you have like, let's say two boyfriends, three boyfriends, I still I still believe there's a hierarchy there. I kind of, so let me, let me, let me dig into this. So I am newly exploring polyamory. 
So I have had open relationships. This is a rehab exclusive. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have had what, what I would qualify as very, very successful sexually open relationships. And what I mean by successful is that they are respectful, they are open, they are honest, no drama. Um, and I, I, I went from initially being really nervous about it, not being able to control my feelings in terms of jealousy, etc., to coming on the other side of that and actually feeling super comfortable and and open with with that with a sexually open relationship. In my current relationship, we've been together almost two years. My partner from the get go told me that he's polyamorous. I have not had any experiences in polyamory, and at this stage in my life, I won't make up my mind about something if I have not tried it. Mm-hmm. And so, what I told my partner when we first started to to, to date each other is polyamory makes me very nervous I don't know that I am someone who can function in a polyamorous relationship but I am willing to mm-hmm. to have some experiences so that I can actually come from a place of information and experience and definitively not say not just guess definitively yeah. say yo this is it for me because I remember in my early 20s I did not think an open relationship was a serious thing I thought that that was bullshit. You know what? I do. I do want to say, I think being open to these kind of relationships sometimes does come with age, though, because I agree. And like in my early twenties, I would have never even considered it never. at all. It scared never. the hell out of me. And and yes, I didn't think they were serious, but open relationships are serious. And I think a lot of people take them as a joke, or they or they think like it's a free for all. And open relationships are not a free for all. And like actually, when I remember when I asked you for advice. Mm-hmm. And I was considering getting into one. So the guy that I like offered this relationship to, first of all, I thought he would fucking love this idea, by the way. I was like, it was actually like, I was like, I thought that's what he wanted the whole time. And I was the one who was against it. And then when I offered it, it was like, we have two very different ideas of what an open relationship is. Because he just took it as a fucking joke. He basically thought I was just asking him to like, be my fuck buddy basically mm. and i'm like that's not what open i'm like no like you would still be my serious boyfriend again though back to like how having the conversation right how do you define open how do i define yeah open, well i didn't yeah. like his definition he was fucking wrong <laughs> who cares about how he defines it i mean it was wrong that's not what it is i think people just don't know i mean there is a actual definitive answer to it it's not subjective I mean, the rules are subjective. I- the rules are completely, the rules are subjective. In an open relationship, yes, you you are allowed to have sex with other people. But, yeah, there are a lot of people have different rules. You know, I know people in open relationships who don't talk about it. They know that it's open, but they don't share details with each other. You know? That would be me. And, the, and I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm the other I don't want to know. I'm the opposite. I think that's when it would bother me. I'm the opposite. I would actually love to live in fucking ignorance to what you're doing outside of me. And I'm I'm the opposite. But, I, but knowing that you are, yeah. I, that's fine. As, as long as like I agree to it. Listen, I don't care what you're doing. Don't don't tell me. Don't fucking ruin my day. I don't want to come <laughs> home from work and be like, hey, honey, what? How, how was your day? Well, I just fucking got railed by seven guys. How's your day? Like I don't want to know. That's so. That's the other thing too. Sometimes is that. When you say that you're in an open relationship, people think that you're having sex with all kinds of people all the time, getting gang banged or whatever. It's not that. Yeah, no, it's that was simply, a joke. Right, it's a joke. But I, but a lot of people do will, think that. Do think that, you know. And all it means is that if if that happens, it's okay, you know. If you do have a sexual relationship with someone else, 
that is fine. But it doesn't, you know, a lot of people think you're just having like nonstop crazy sex like everywhere all the time. That's not what it is. That's not it. You know what? You know what really made me shift my perspective of open relationships and like how I really grew like an appreciation for it? I started thinking of it as like why I started thinking of why my dating life has not been ultimately successful. And it's because I have a fear of losing my freedom. And that's the only thing that's been roadblocking me from fully committing to someone. And then I thought like, well, what if I didn't have to compromise that freedom? And just because you have that freedom doesn't mean you're gonna exercise it every moment and every chance you get. But it's nice to know like if I'm out and I find someone appealing, I wouldn't have to limit myself mm-hmm. or feel guilty or feel like I have to hide it or feel I have to make like this life altering choice. It would just be nice to just feel like I'm still me. This is something that appeals to me and I should be able to enjoy it. Yeah. And you know, people, so along with like, how, how do you think about relationships? Like also like, how do you think about sex? For some people, sex is directly tied to how they value the relationship. True. And I understand that. But for some people, what ha- the relationship is really about about vulnerability, about trust, about loyalty, about all that stuff. And sex is just sex. Sex is the cherry on top. For you know? me. For right. me. But for some people, sex is just sex. Sex is not necessarily the thing that, that defines the relationship. You know? Sex, I think sex has actually been... Probably another roadblock in my, a lot of my dating experiences in the sense that I don't have the same regard for sex as other people do. Mm-hmm. And actually not in the way you guys are thinking. <laughs> I actually value Tell it less <laughs> because I know a lot of people are probably thinking I'm the one who like puts it on top of my fucking list. But I, I, I surprisingly don't. Like I really, really don't. Like don't get me wrong. I enjoy it. I want to have it. But I've dated guys who like want it to be like the most important thing mm-hmm. which i get because i'm hot but it's like no that's actually not what i care about the most i actually care about companionship the most yeah um it's so funny so i was at um a function and i met this what kind guy. of function <laughs> we'll leave it there and i met and, and there sir was this if guy you're gonna there. be on the rehab the rehab uh, the, <laughs> the rehab re- the rehab <laughs> podcast <laughs> and if you're gonna be in the home david there was there was there was this guy there who um, I had seen known from afar. Um, I knew that he was married to this other guy. They're open, um, and we were having just a conversation. And I, you know, I'm I, I oftentimes like highly intellectualized things, right? I extract meaning from everything. That's very important. That's why you're me. so good for this show, damn and, it. And. He's I a fucking him, Virgo, by the way. Don't they do that for everything? Hello. They just fucking overanalyze everything. <laughs> and I asked this guy because you could tell how much he adores and is devoted to his husband. But they are very sexually open. You can tell how, how, how devoted this man is to his husband and how much he loves him. But they're very sexually open. And I remember I asked him, I'm like, so how did you guys come to be open? Like, what was your thing? And I was expecting him to give me this, you know, like powerful, like deep answer of why they chose to open the relationship and how it functions or whatever and his response to me was we just both really like sex and i was like no it's that like, simple that's it and he's like we just both really like sex but you know what that's like when you really know yourself but it opened because it is that simple but again it's so honest again it's so honest but again everyone defines things differently and you have to define it for yourself for me what I love about an open relationship is that it actually deepens my understanding of my partner. 
I know who they are. What do you mean? I get to know who my partner is outside of the relationship between he and I. So when he tells me about wonderful experiences that he had outside oh. of our relationship, it actually deepens my understanding about who he is. That's so and beautiful. And I have a I have a framework to understand who he is outside of just our relationship and what you can offer and what I can offer. But also, I'm like that's oh, ego aside. You have to put your ego aside. But I also understand like oh okay. He also likes these kinds of things and those kinds of things and might be experiences that he and I have not had yet. And so it actually deepens the relationship. That's how I see it, right? The guy that I was mentioning before, he's just like, we both are just people who really like sex and we just allow each other to. And it wasn't any deeper than that. But it worked so well for him. And, and like I said, well, the, the thing for me is that I could tell how much he loved, loves his husband. And so it just further reminded me of how everyone comes to the table with different ideas. And in order for you to build the foundation of a successful relationship, you, you have to not be afraid to have those conversations and be honest about how each of you defines different things. And that honesty, honestly, that honesty, honestly, honestly, that honesty, honestly, no, but like when you're that honest, it really is so simple. But I think a lot of people have a hard time being that honest and you're wasting time then. and you are you are wasting, wasting time, time. You, you are wasting time but i do think it's because we feel guilty about what we truly want who like you that are. guy you were just talking yes. about who said you know we just love sex i think a lot of people would feel guilty to admit yeah. that that's how much they love sex that they don't want to just yeah. stay with one person even if they love them and, that's what I'm saying. and a I lot thought... of people don't want to admit that but it's the truth yes and i don't so i don't think sex is it for me in that sense but i think i think the word for me is freedom i think i love my freedom you i just love i i just want the choice or the option or that 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 you know like that pass mm-hmm. i guess mm-hmm. to do what i want and not have to feel like i'm fucking doing somebody wrong and that's okay and that's okay well it hasn't been okay so fucking far because where is he? <laughs> if you're listening to this <laughs> and you're single. Do you want to give, give out your number? Yeah, so it's 646. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, it's it's been, like, such a, like, I mean, I guess this was a recent discoveration, I mean, about myself. So I can't say. A recent what? That's not a word. Discoveration? <laughs> Just go with it. I'm into it. It sounds good. Is I it not a word? It. Discoveration. No, I'm into it. We said discovery. <laughs> yes. Damn, discoveration sounds really good though. It sounds really good. Yeah. I'm gonna have to edit that out now. <laughs> Fuck. I'm gonna have to flag that. <laughs> so good. So good. So it was a recent discovery. Yes. About myself. So I, I guess I can't say that my whole dating experiences have been kind of failing because I was kind of not dating in the way I should have been. Yeah, and I mean. For me, with this new like polyamory thing, um, like I said, my partner told me from the beginning he's polyamorous and he wants to wants to be able to have other intimate relationships and even other partners should the right person come along. Have you guys had other partners yet, though? Not partners. He has dated people with, while he and I have been together. I have dated. I think there's only one person that I would qualify as me having dated while we've been together and I'm still like I'm still learning I still have not made up my mind we've been together for two years I still not have made up my mind that I am a person who is polyamorous and will work well within polyamory I'm not sure 
Okay. Yet. Oh, I'm I didn't know that. I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure yet because I don't think I've ever had the full-fledged experience, you know? Um, I will say this, though. One question that I struggled with in the beginning of my current relationship was if I discover that I am not polyamorous... Can you stay with someone who is? Can I stay with someone who is? Ooh. And it took me a long time to reconcile that possibility because it's a real possibility. It still is. It still is a real possibility. And in the beginning, I was terrified of that because it felt wrong to me and it brought up my jealousy it brought up all of those things now no having spent two years with this man loving him deeply feeling incredibly loved by him the answer is yes really the answer is yes yeah the well you would yes. still be open we would still be open. No. i i definitely am someone who wants a sexually open relationship yes so you just wouldn't you just wouldn't be like with another boyfriend, in if, other words. If I arrived at the... if Once I, you know, have a little bit more of experience, and if I were to say, you know what? Having multiple partners is just not really my gig. If I arrived at that decision, that, that choice, but my partner is polyamorous, I would be fine with that. I... Uh-uh. That doesn't, that doesn't mean... No. There aren't going to be, you know... Challenges. Challenges, of course. Of course, there's gonna be challenges. Of course, things. Because you said come you're up. a jealous guy. Uh, yeah, I skew more jealous. Oh my god. So speaking of that, let's get into this. It's really one thing that I've learned also from my partner. So there's jealousy, and then there's compersion. This is a brand new word that I learned. Oh, what is like, it? Because I don't know it. Compersion. Okay. Compersion is when you experience joy from your partner's pleasure. Oh. And it could be pleasure from your partner being romanced by someone else having sex with someone else, whatever, that you experience joy from that versus jealousy. I am so it's someone, like the complete opposite The complete of opposite. I am someone who skews jealous. One of the things that fascinates me about my partner is that he is a compersive person. He does not experience jealousy. Quite the opposite. He gets so excited when another guy talks to me. He gets so whatever. And This the, is so foreign to me. I am like... I wish you guys... I, like, I... I I'm like blown away by this because <laughs> your boyfriend sounds awesome. And so and I, I feel like such a fucking bitch because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who the fuck is that talking to you? And it's, you're not even my man, but I'm like, who the fuck is that? He is literally does not. I'm, I'm the one who's like, who is that? Right. He's, he's, quite, he's quite the opposite. He's like, go talk to that guy. Go talk to that guy. Literally, literally he'll tell me that. I'm about to be your boyfriend's <clears throat> other boyfriend. But... <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The, I want to date him too. The fact that I can observe that capacity in him, right? The fact that he is someone who possesses that and it's honest and it's part of who he is and I can observe that quality in him, then I, the way that, that I view life and the way that I see life is I say, well, if he has that available to him, then I have that available to myself as well. Compersion? Yes. No. Absolutely, I, I don't do. think everyone has that. I think everyone you doesn't think, have it. Do you think everyone it, doesn't have it naturally? Do you think you could choose to have it? Yes. I don't think you can. Everyone doesn't have it naturally, but if you learn to understand why you're jealous, because jealousy is rooted in, in insecurity, in fear. Jealousy isn't jealousy. Can I challenge that? Go. I don't go. <laughs> oh, he was ready. He said go. <laughs> Listen. I, as a hyper-jealous person, have identified that in myself. Mm -hmm. I want to say back when I was probably still a teenager, because I've always struggled with it. Yes. But I'm not jealous about petty, stupid shit. Like, I'm not petty, and I'm not jealous in the sense of, like, if a guy comes up and talks to my man. Like, I'm not, it's not 
that type of jealousy. My jealousy is more like if I genuinely feel like, let's say like I'm with my boyfriend. Yes. We're having like a nice time at home. And like I can feel that he'd, he won't, he'd rather be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. That's my type of jealousy. Like that would really like sit in me deep. And I don't think that's a choice. I don't think that's, but I don't think that's rooted like in, in like. So, so let me poke around, right? With the example that you used, you're out somewhere, your partner exhibits behavior that shows that he doesn't want to be there, he wants to be somewhere else. Yeah. You get jealous, right? Right. Why not then be in a neutral space and be like, if you want to be somewhere else, be somewhere else? Well... Why does it have to be a jealous reaction? I mean, I would let him be somewhere else, but... I would be jealous about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not like, I wouldn't be like, oh, don't have like whatever experience you're trying to have right now. But I would be jealous that he doesn't want to have it with me. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's insecure. Is it insecure? That's not insecure because I'm not, I'm not worried about what he'd rather do. Jealousy isn't ex- exclusively insecurity, right? But jealousy is, to me, often comes from either insecurity, fear, or possessiveness. Okay, mine's possessiveness then. Yes. Because I just saw the possessiveness. Because, book. I heard it when I said it out loud. And jealousy also to me... <laughs> when I said it out loud, I heard it. It's <laughs> <laughs> three things. But also it's like, jealousy also sometimes stems from the fact that you believe, you, the general you, I'm yeah, yeah. the general you, you guys, believes, or I should say one, one believes that, that you should be the everything for your partner. That oh, your you partner can't. cannot have desires, joys, whatever that happen outside of the relationship. Or that they should want the ones that you offer. Period. Period. And to me, that's, to me, that is completely unreasonable. That's also unrealistic. And also, I don't want that pressure. I don't want that pressure. As the partner. I do, not, I do not want to be the source of exclusive happiness for my partner. That is unfair. I don't want that pressure. And you need to go have a life that is fulfilling on your own and come to me as a whole person yeah. who wants to be in a partnership with me, not seeking me to make you happy. I think one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten was you have to be happy on your own first. Don't 1, enter a relationship to get happy or to find happiness because it won't work. And I think that's true. Or you're correct. You're absolutely correct about that. But also back to like saying things that you don't want to say and being honest. You could also enter into a relationship with someone and say, hey, I'm still doing work on myself. Mm. And in this relationship, I want us to help with that. Yeah. And ask your partner to help you challenge you to be a more fuller version of yourself. Can I just say, I, there's something wrong with me because I absolutely love when a guy is like that. Like what? I don't know. I'm a fucking nurturer. Mm-hmm. And I love when a guy like... <laughs> that's so bad. There's something I have to unpack here. There's some unpacking I need to do clearly. But I love when a guy like... Has to Needs like, a little help? Yes. <laughs> I like when they like rely on me. Possessiveness. Is that what it is? Yes. Oh my God. I think I'm unpacking something here. No, I, I've always loved that. I love when a guy needs me for something. I could... That's bad. I'm like saying it a lot. I'm like hearing it. But I do. I've always dated guys that like I know like... They need something from me because I, I like it. Yeah. But this is, I mean, listen, all of these things that we're saying, right? You, nothing is bad. You are not a bad person. That's bad. But it, it, goes, <laughs> it goes back to the earlier point that I made, right? That human beings are flawed. Human beings can be very messy at times. Yeah. We have irrational feelings, illogical thoughts. 
all of those things are okay. And if you can't bring that to the table to discuss in your relationship, you need to ask yourself why. You need to ask yourself why. It is okay for you to have crazy ass thoughts, but you can put them on the table. Why do I want to be the father? (laughs) Why? That's true because I also like younger men. Oh my God, What do I have a dad complex? I don't know. I guess I do, but I want to be the dad. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's a thing, huh? Oh, there's, that's, that's a huge thing. I have a dad complex. Maybe because my, my dad died when I was young. So no, I, well, my dad passed away when I was 10. Mm-hmm. So I kind of grew up, not, I guess not my whole childhood, but for a lot of my life, I grew up without my dad. Were you the oldest? I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Yeah. So most of your life you grew up without your dad. Hmm. And now I like to kind of be like a father figure and, and and any relationship, actually, not even just my romantic relationships. Even in my friend group, I always call myself like the papa bear. I mean, well, some of the oldest. So. A lot of the dynamics that play into a relationship are the unconscious lessons that we picked up about how to give and how to receive love. Yeah. And so... I'm not saying that this is the case, but but it's a question, right? If you lost your dad so young and you wanted that paternal love, yeah. you could, I could ask the question, you know, to compensate for that. Are you now a person, a person who wants to give that paternal love yeah. to kind of feel it for yourself? Like I'm feeling it in the, in the sense of giving it. Right. Maybe. Maybe. You know? Or maybe just giving what I didn't have makes me happy. I don't know. Right. I don't know, but it does. Right. I enjoy it. I mean, ultimately giving, you know, if we, if we get really spiritual about this, giving and receiving are ultimately the same thing, right? It's an exchange. And so if you felt that that was something that you lacked or wanted, by giving it... You do have it. You do have it. Because you're giving it. That makes sense. And because you're a possessive one, you're the one who has it. <laughs> <laughs> you know full what? Circle. That is a full circle <laughs> fucking moment. I have a dad complex and I'm possessive. If you want to date a possessive dad, <laughs> hi, I'm Angel. Hi, I'm possessive you f- and I have a dad complex. I would like to be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> you gonna pay the bills? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and then my lights turn off. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a break. Hold on. Nick and I are gonna read a letter from a listener. And remember, if you want your letter featured in an episode, write me at rehabwithangel at gmail.com. All right, here is the letter that was sent to Angel that I am going to read. It says, Hey Angel, miss you and by Latin men. I got into your first rehab episode and I enjoyed it. For this question, could you please refer to me as Tristan? Hi Tristan. Hey Tristan. I was in a relationship for two years with my ex and I've been single for eight months now. I saw that there was no reciprocation on his end and during our relationship we dealt with a lot from his family being overly involved because he lived with them. I love his family by the way and found out he lied a lot and got caught doing things outside the boundaries of our relationship. Mm-mm. Also, he was eight years younger than me. I'm 35. I don't need to shit talk him because he was a person I loved for two and still do. Level one to ten, I love him currently a four. We haven't spoken since June and I think it's the best for me. Because he's seen someone serious, despite lying to me about it multiple times, I'm dating again 
and it's so hard to trust and put my vulnerable self out there again. I'm a Taurus, and I'm giving myself a year to take someone serious. But in the meantime, I've been meeting so many guys who are amazing and beautiful, and on paper, everything I want, and they show me interest in a big way. But how do I find that spark again to even want to take someone serious? If I'm honest, this is the longest I've been single in my adult life. I've been in therapy for years and I'm learning to put more energy and love into myself and give me all that I need. But as you can understand, it's hard at times to do it alone. I don't need a guy, I would like one. But how do I open up to really form a bond? Tristan. Tristan, that is a lot. Tristan, I wanna tackle one thing immediately. I cannot stand guys who involve their families and their fucking relationships. It is one of my biggest pet peeves. I cannot fucking stand it. Don't ever take me to meet your mom. I don't want to meet her. And he... <laughs> I know that sounds evil, but I just it's just me. I don't like that. The And yes, the, the ex is in another serious relationship. So let's just look at what you just said. That your ex did things outside of your relationship that he shouldn't have. He is currently in a quote-unquote serious relationship, which he has lied to you about. So my first recommendation is believe who this man has shown you to be who he is. Close that door. Move on. It's clearly not serving you, and it's clearly not what you want. So stop, stop relying on this level four love to take you to a level 10 because it's not going to. Let oh. it go. Move on. Do you think he should cut ties with him completely? Because I do. I think, yes. I think there needs to be a strict boundary. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they shared in their relationship that might tie them. I don't know. But I do think that you need to move on from the desire to want to have a romantic relationship with this and person. And the only way you're going to do that, in my opinion, is to cut him off. I don't think keeping this communicative relationship going is healthy for you. He's already dating someone else. So it's also kind of disrespectful to his new relationship, in my opinion, because you have a level four romantic desire for him. So it's a little bit inappropriate. Um, if not for yourself, respect the new thing he has going on and bow out. I think that's actually a really good point. If, if, if you as a partner want to be respected in your relationship, you should respect the other person in their relationship as well. I think it's actually a really fabulous point. All right, the next thing, you're 35 years old. You've been single for, I believe you said eight months, and that's the longest that you've been single in your adult life. Baby, my, rec my recommendation is be single for a while. Be single a lot longer. Be single a lot longer. Get to know who you are. Get to know the landscape of possible relationships and the kinds of people that are out there because as much as there are bullshit people out there like you have said there are wonderful amazing people and we see someone who appears to be great and we just immediately go for that person versus yo allow yourself to experiment and to have that freedom i was in a relationship for 10 years from when i was 24 until i was 34 and when i when we broke up I told myself, I promised myself that I would be single for two years. I met some of the most amazing men and I was like, I would totally, totally get into a relationship with this guy, but I, I held tight to my promise and I actually ended up being single for four years. And it was the best thing that I ever did because I had to discover who I was because I, I was no longer my 24-year-old self. Right. I was now my 34-year-old self. So who is that person? And what do I want out of a relationship? And by dating people, I got to assemble my little kit of 
these are the kinds of things that I want to put on the table when I meet someone that I want to be serious with. You take a piece of each experience and you kind of form yes. what you want. What you want. And then you come to the table when you meet someone and instead of you trying to mold yourself into something, you tell someone, here are the things that I value, here are the things that I would like in a relationship, and now you can have a conversation about it versus just settling for whatever someone else brings to the table. You need to bring something to the table as well. Um, you know what's funny? He's 34? Five. He's 35, and he said the longest he's been single is eight months. And I want to talk to you as someone who's probably the complete fucking opposite, because probably the longest I've ever dated someone mm-hmm. was around eight months or a year. So as someone who's like the complete opposite has been single most of their adult life, I can tell you that you do kind of get more out of dating and not... Like, my dating life has taught me so much about what I want from people that by the time I date someone from the very beginning, I'm so clear cut on what I expect. And my expectations are set probably from day one. And I think if you're codependent and you're always with like someone else, you kind of lose that because relationships are compromised. So when you're in that space, you're kind of compromising a lot of what you want, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, how do you figure out what you want as a solo person if you're always dating someone else? Like, that's the one advantage I have is that I'm very sure. I speak with conviction. I go into, like, a new situation, and it's, like, right away, I'm like, oh, that's not going to work for me. This is going to work for me. And it's, like, I get that. I, I feel I used to think everyone had that. Yeah. And then I met guys who are, like, they just don't know. And, and, they, they all, and they'll ask me, well, what do you think? You know? Which I love. Of course. Dad. I mean, I love that. Dad. But it's bad for them because they're, they're, it's almost like having no identity. Yeah. Because your identity is always shared with someone else. And if you, if you make a commitment to yourself to be single for a year, for two years, whatever, whatever feels right to you, if you make that commitment and someone comes along and you, and you say to yourself and you say to them, I have actually made this commitment to myself, the amount of self-confidence that that decision will build within you because you have put yourself first, you start to teach yourself how to put yourself first. So that when you do decide to go into relationship, you already have experiences of setting boundaries where yourself comes first over your desire for partnership or a relationship. And that's an incredibly, an incredibly helpful tool. Which brings us to the last point, right? How do you open up to form a bond? How do you allow yourself to be vulnerable? If you want to guarantee that someone is never going to hurt you, no one can give you that guarantee. Ever. Ever. No, it's 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 always a risk. Always a risk, no matter what. I found that question to be a little funny because I think you have so much experience, kind of opening yourself up to a bond because you've only been single eight months. I mean, it sounds like you have nothing but experience with knowing how to open up for a bond. I think what you're asking is how do I go in confidently after what you experience, and I think the only answer to that is time. I think you should give yourself time to process what happened to you in that relationship and not try to rush into another one. Right. Time, learning how to put yourself first, which is what we just discussed. And then how do you open yourself up to form a bond? So this is where you have to ask someone that you're considering going, getting into a relationship with where you have to ask them questions to assess their emotional maturity and their level of trust. What do they believe about trust? What do they think vulnerability is? And slowly you start to trust someone and to create a bond. A bond is just not something that you create overnight. It's not a one-time decision. It's something that forms and evolves over time as the relationship builds. And so I almost think that you don't need to worry about that. 
I think what you need to worry about is how can you build up just self-confidence, self-love, self-trust within yourself. I'm really happy that you're going to therapy. I would love to ask you to make a commitment to being single for a little while longer while continuing to explore uh, relationships and uh, through dating, but not through through partnership. He did say, I don't need a guy. I would like one. I think it's good you identify that. So go with your needs and not what, not what you want. Mm. Just just stick to what you need right now. You know, you said you don't need a guy. Stick to that. Stand on that. Yes. I, there's not a point right now in you even being in a relationship because clearly you did not process what happened to you with this guy. I mean, even saying you love him a level four is a sign that you're still not over it. And it's okay not to be over it, but be honest about it. Yeah, and back to back to what we said about learning to put yourself first. With this guy, like we said earlier, make that boundary. Make that boundary, walk away, let it go. Put yourself first. And don't romanticize it. I think that's such a huge mistake. I think people look back at their relationships and they just remember all the great times and the happy times. But you're not remembering, like, what broke it up in the first place. Or I mean, you said he was dishonest. He did things that weren't allowed in your relationship. I mean, think of those things. Speaking of romanticizing, I think one of the things that, that... many people do that I certainly have done in the past is that we fall in love with people's potential oh, not with me. where they actually are me I, I, I'm, I still do that it's and such a hard habit to kick though it's a hard habit to kick but when, so when you when you dig into this right it's like it's actually really... that goes back to my father complex though I think I could fucking nurture them and to being something, you know, like uh, like daddy would take care of it. But then, but it's so it's so disingenuous. How? It's so disingenuous. Not if you have a genuine interest in them. No, it's disingenuous because you are not having an honest relationship. If you are relating to that person through their future potential, you are not having a relationship with who they are now. right now. And so there's a level, no matter how yeah. thin it might be, there's a level of dishonesty happening in the relationship. Because you're loving who they could be, not you're who they are. You're loving who they could be, not who they are. And you're actually not accepting But you can love both. You can love both. I think you can love both, but you have to start at where the person is. is. And you have to accept who they are. If you're, if, if, if this guy did things that outside of the boundaries of the relationship, like you said he did, you need to accept that that is who he is. Right. He is a person who does that. Don't, now, don't worry about one day he could be an honest man because right. today he's not. <laughs> today he's not. He's someone who does things outside of the agreed upon boundaries of a relationship. Now, you can negotiate what that looks like and how you can come to accept that or whatever you want to in your relationship, but you have to accept that that's who that man is. Yeah, don't paint it otherwise. I mean, it sounds like you, in, a, in one way, you did accept it because you're admitting to it. And I think that's a big step because a lot of people don't like to own it. You know, a lot of people don't like to own what happened to them, and they won't say yeah. that. Yeah. You know, they'll dance around it. So, Tristan, you're you're you are already asking yourself some really amazing questions. You're on the right path. You're totally, completely on the right path by asking yourself all of this. So, there's totally a a level and a sense of self awareness that you're exploring about what you want in the future for yourself in terms of a relationship, and the best of luck to you. I think you're gonna be great, Tristan. Just keep processing. You know, your pain eventually you'll go away eventually you'll look back and not feel anything about it and you'll know when you're ready for a new bond because you'll feel it put yourself first you'll just feel it you'll know you won't have to ask you'll just know thanks for writing in tristan thanks tristan let us know what happens email me an update and like 
six months. I want to know. Yes. I'm invested now. <laughs> Thank you guys for tuning in to day two of rehab. You can find my friend Nick on Instagram at NIC underscore GMZ. I want to thank Nick again for coming on and spreading his wisdom. Guys, I'll see you in two weeks for day three. Bye.